0: So I guess this is where I tell you what I've learned. My conclusion, right? My conclusion is, hate is baggage, all the time, not worth it. Derek says it's always good to end a paper with a quote. He says someone else already said it best, so if you can't top it, steal it from them and go out strong. So I picked a guy I thought you liked. We are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will swell when again touched, as surely they will be, by by the better angels of our nature.
1: Interesting. Um, hmm. Okay, so it's definitely somebody writing something that I guess the the quote's coming from. Um. First, it kind of thought sounded like maybe American History X. I know you are a big fan of that one. Um, That's it. That's it? Yeah. Nice. It's been a long, long time since I've seen that, but something in there rang. Um, yeah, that one. So, oh, very cool. Welcome to the Average Joe's Movie Clubcast. This is Justin. And this is Joey. And this is episode 12. And in tonight's episode, we'll be talking about director John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness from 1994. And Vincenzo Natali's uh sci-fi horror film um Cube from 1997. It is October, so we uh had um we had some horror movies in there, so we went ahead and uh slated those into the spots, but um we'll also be telling you about another special Halloween episode we have coming up um later in the show. So um yeah, if you want to be a part of the average joe's movie club cast make sure to hit that subscribe button and hit the bell notification so you know when our episodes have officially um hit youtube and all the other um podcast media outlets that we are on and uh joey's actually been uploading some other videos Uh, i want to tell them about um some of your adventures in youtubing and editing Uh,
0: oh yes so um I've got a couple of other videos up. i got uh, two unboxing videos, and i got a teaser little clip where I did the collaboration with uh, Toxic Story, doing some gaming. And I, um, I'm still editing that clip down because if you watch this on the live stream, it was about two hours and 20 minutes long. Um, so it was pretty long. I'm just trying to edit it down because I haven't really ever done any editing before. So it's um, – it's been pretty interesting um i'm trying to just do it as a highlight clip and not have it be super long but it may end up being a little bit longer maybe around an hour maybe maybe a little bit less we'll see what happens with that hopefully that will be soon and um so this is thursday night we're recording we're gonna be doing another live stream on sunday um which would be so, so like the 20th maybe 19th My that's right somewhere in there um so Um, So be on the lookout for that too, hopefully.
1: Now, um, I've never actually played Mario um, Maker. Do you actually design the levels for that? Or is it like fan designs that you log into? So on on Mario Maker
0: 2, there are 100 levels that are designed on the game that you can play without internet or anything. But the levels that we were playing were fan design levels. Yes, So you can make your own levels. And as long as you can beat the level... Um, yourself, you can upload it online. And we were playing some very, very hard levels, some expert levels and super expert levels. And then we were playing levels designed. We played one level to, uh, by Grand Hubert and another one by Barb, which are two of the um, better, or say better, two of the best Mario players um, on the planet. They actually both have YouTube channels. Um, Barb designed Grand Pooh World, which was based off of Super Mario World, for Pooh Bear to play. And huh. Pooh Bear is actually like that's all he does is play Mario. Like he's sponsored by Red Bull. He plays on Twitch, cuts it, puts it on YouTube. Like that's that's all he does. He's a professional Mario player. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that stuff was really hard, especially with um, like all of those guys. Have you never played Mario? and you know me having just played like mario world and stuff when i was younger um that was a really humbling experience because we sucked really badly
1: (laughs) yeah it's kind of fun a lot of the consoles now like i was playing a couple of the old mario games on my uh, son's um 2ds and um it has the feature in there where you can save your progress so you can get to like a hard part save it and then try to beat it over and over and over again where back in the days it uh back in the old days of and SNES and the original Nintendo is much less forgiving. If you uh, fell on the, the crevice of doom, uh, you started over from the beginning and needed that whistle to get back.
0: <laughs> oh, the good old whistle from Mario three. Yeah, man.
1: Cool. Anything else happening?
0: Um, not with that, that I can think of. Um, Looking forward to maybe getting some more stuff to unbox. I got a I know of one thing for certain that's gonna be coming down the pipe um, in November that'll be unboxing and uh hopefully I've got something I've had my on eye on for a while that I might might go ahead and pull the trigger on and get and also unbox. So that'll be be pretty cool. And after that nothing for sure, but be on the lookout. Nice.
1: Yeah, I was excited to uh, see what the the new Criterion releases would be um, this week. I actually forgot about it on the fifteenth, which wasn't a problem because they actually didn't announce them on the fifteenth. I think they announced them on the sixteenth because of the flash sale. And but I've kind of been bummed out about the announcements these past two months because I pull up there and I, I I like I don't mind a few movies I've never heard of being on there, but it'd be nice to have like at least one that like is somewhat on my radar. But man, these last two months have been stuff i've never heard of and um i mean that's fine eventually i'll discover them and we'll see how they go but it, i don't know there's just something about like seeing kind of being rewarded with seeing like one of your favorite like art films that you've seen um actually uh make it on there um yeah there's a lot of different kinds of criterion fans a lot of folks are all about like new discoveries uh finding out about stuff they've never heard about before um me personally I kind of want some of my like favorite films to be like kind of have the prestige of being a criterion so there's different ways you criterion do you ever check do you ever check out the picks for um, the 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 upcoming titles
0: I mean sometimes Carl will tell me because he he is in a lot of different groups or you know because we're in that one group together on Facebook um sometimes I'll see him on there but a lot of times a lot of those movies I've never even heard of or I've only heard about vaguely and don't really know about them. Uh Um, And, you know, I'll see people talking about when like the, you know, I saw a lot of people talking about the flash sale, you know, what movies they bought, this and that. And they are like, oh, I can't believe you bought this blind or whatever. And I'm like, almost every time I buy one, it's a a freaking blind buy. Or I have to, you know, Carl buys it and we watch it. And then it's like, well, do I want to buy this when it's already in my house? You know, like, yeah, now it's in my collection, but I'd like to buy something that I don't already have access to. Yeah, um, true. which is why i bought asphalt jungle and not hidden fortress or seven samurai which i would love to have but i mean i have access to watch them anytime i want currently so
1: i think akiru so. might be the next uh kurosawa movie i get that was a really good one um what was i gonna say about criterion titles oh yeah um you know, so a lot of people will be will sometimes mention, you know, why is there not more family films in the collection? But then, like you go to like, there is a family film in like Jellyfish Eyes, which is this Japanese kind of like Pokemon monster thing, which is it's very not typical Criterion, and people like to slam it who are fans of the um, the collection. But I had a blast watching it with my kids, and um, I had I actually picked that up last sale. And people are like, oh, did you did you actually see that before you picked it up? I was like, I did. And that's the reason I picked it up, because I enjoyed it. So whatever you think, everyone has different tastes. So anywho, it's funny, the last time we cast, um, I was kind of bummed out because my son had just lost his 1st fall ball-ball baseball game of the season. And we played that exact same team tonight. And we tied them at the very end of regulation, but they're like, hey, Let's go into extra innings and settle this thing. And so after two extra innings, we eventually lost by two runs. But, uh, yeah, they played their, their little butts off tonight. So that was a blast to watch them. Uh, I'm amazed at how much better baseball he's gotten ever since he um, – they do a coach pitch since he did T-ball a couple seasons ago. So, And I was looking forward to a bit, the first big Boy Scout campout of – the scouting season you know which obviously starts in fall like the school but we have a tropical storm about apparently going to come and hit us from um the gulf of mexico so it's supposed to get really soggy here in uh charleston or in the south carolina low country come up in um this weekend so that got canceled so we get to watch some uh more uh halloween movies than i probably expected to but also have to help my in-laws move into a new house so a lot of work, too. <laughs> um, have you in the st- Gulf? Yeah, like, it's, like, coming across Mexico, and I guess it's going to gain some momentum in the Gulf of Mexico, and then it's, like, going to shoot up the eastern... and cut
0: across Florida. Yeah. Like, through Florida and Georgia. Um, Yeah, man.
1: I haven't heard anything about that, but... Yeah, I think it's just, like, tropical I storm know. winds and rain, so it's nothing too crazy, but... Yeah, it's going to make it a soggy weekend. Oh, uh, fun. South Kakalaki. How is your cool. uh, How many uh, horror movies you're up to up to now for the month? 14. Nice. Yeah, I'm up to 19 myself. Um and we will actually be foregoing our um like what we've been up to watching tonight because we're saving that all for our big Halloween um, movie uh, watching ranked list that's coming up in our special episode um coming up around halloween so make sure you stick around to the end of the show to find out what our um feature movie for that episode will be all right and i think you said we you had a um a viewer um or a friend of the show um question for us tonight Joey. oh uh, yeah so this is going to come
0: from uh, my friend matt langston um who in a, I guess, and this is how small Florence is. So, um, my, my friend Toxic, who I uh, did the collaboration with, Matt did his did the artwork for his channel. So, if you see any of his artwork, um, you know, if you jump over to his channel to see any of the collaboration stuff or anything like that, he did his artwork. So, um, oddly enough, there's that. Um, but I don't know if this is a question so much, but he posed. Um, Straight out on his on his Facebook page that RoboCop is a better franchise than Terminator, and <laughs> it kind of I, I I responded in kind with Are you referring to Robo? Well, he, first it was just RoboCop is better than Terminator, and so I responded. do You mean RoboCop is better than Terminator, or franchise to franchise? And he said both. And so it was just, uh, (laughs) and I was kind of, that's kind of a hot take, I think. Um, and it just kind of got me thinking, um, but you know, that's, that's... so we go into that a little bit. Um, I, I got some thoughts on that. So that's, uh, um, even though it's been a while since I've seen a lot of those movies, um, but still,
1: so, um, I would say maybe if you were just comparing the original, like I think the original RoboCop's probably better than the original Terminator, but Terminator 2 itself is better than the entire Robocop franchise. Um, so that would be like my first impression there. Like Robocop's real interesting um, movie to talk about since it is actually a Criterion and there's actually a lot of interesting social commentary and, like, over-the-top gore in that movie that I didn't remember until I had re-watched it. Um, I remember watching it as a kid and being, like, totally freaked out when, like, that chemical spills and, like, that guy, like, starts mutating and stuff. I thought that was totally bonkers. Um, and then I don't remember anything from RoboCop 2. I remember seeing RoboCop 3 in the movie theater and having a good time with it. And then the I think I saw the remake of Robocop and I f- thought that was like completely forgettable um but yeah I mean Terminator Two Judgment Day is like the definition of like an action movie in terms of like how great it is how emotional it is how amazing a character arc and those characters are and that and, and just now Terminator three that's a different story that that one ripped my uh, soul out <laughs> I was like so into Terminator 2 growing up and then I was like oh I'm going to go see Terminator 3 in the movie theater I'm so excited to check this out and I, I was in movie denial after seeing Terminator 3 I was like "What? W- was it really that bad oh god it was so
0: um, I kind of basically feel very similar to, to what you said um, I saw Terminator 2 so many times growing up probably well before I should have um and and having never seen terminator 1 and then i saw terminator 1 when i was much older and it was like i thought it was really good i think it's really good it might actually as a straight movie still be better than robocop 1 um so i think robocop 1 i think terminator 1 terminator 2 are going to be both better than robocop 1 and robocop 2 i don't even remember robocop 3 um, and then I never saw Terminator 3 and then I never saw Terminator Salvation but I saw the one with Amelia Clark um, mm. because well she's the fuck she's the Khaleesi and um, and that movie was very okay it was it was just kind of an action movie it could have been about anything and it would have probably been fine um, so I, I think probably overall you have less bad movies in the RoboCop franchise but you also only have three movies I'm going to discount the remake. I'd probably okay. say um, Terminator is probably overall a better franchise because, I mean, it just has two, like, triple-A titles mm-hmm. where Robocop only has one. Even even you count the, the missteps in Terminator 3 because that is supposed to be a train wreck. Salvation is supposed to be a train wreck. And then, so, yeah, you just take that into consideration. But, yes, Robocop is supposed to have a little bit more of a of a, a you know social commentary and that kind of stuff in it, and yeah it made the the criterion collection loved to find that second hand shops um mm-hmm. which is how I found the rock
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, so uh, that's that's kind of where I think we actually
1: I've only seen um, Terminator Salvation once, and then it was Genesis was the Amelia Clark one. I think I saw. I mean, I thought th- those were both fine movies. They get trashed a lot. I mean, i never really analyzed them. I kind of just watched them just to have a good time, and thought they were completely passable. Um, probably won't, won't see. Uh, is it Dark Fate? Is the newest one? I think it's gonna. I'll probably wait to see that on like Blu-ray and check that one out. See ya. See how that holds up. Um, and the only thing I remember about... I mean, Marvel Cameron's Cop- back, so... I, he's uh, just producing it, right? He's not actually directing.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing in like the cur- commercials for the... I guess I should say commercial. It was a trailer I saw at the theater. was that Cameron's back. That was a big thing. So I don't know if it's a directorial, directorial role or a producer
1: role. Yeah, it's directed by... But I
0: would by, assume he's it's, back.
1: Yeah, I think he's producing it. It's directed by Tim Miller. I think he was also producer on Genesis and was trying to hype that one up. But um, he's so busy with Avatar, he can't get anything else done. Uh, I think he also produced... Um, Tim,
0: Tim Miller's Deadpool, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe that's right. I, I'm looking at a poster of him now. And the only thing I remember about RoboCop oh, 3 is awesome. that there's a jetpack and he fights a ninja. So... There you go.
0: Okay. Well, uh, a little factoid about um, Terminator, Terminator Two, Terminator Salvation, is that before Edward Furlong was cast in Terminator Two, they were going to get Ed Ed Norton, but he thought that Ed Norton was too old, so that's why he went with Furlong, because he was younger and more in that age range. So then mm-hmm. you, you know you fast forward a few years and you have, um, I'm sorry. Not Ed Norton. I'm sorry, that's the wrong, wrong person. Sorry, Christian Bale. Okay. And you fast forward, and Christian Bale plays the same, same character in another movie. So it almost oh, would have just been,
1: uh-huh.
0: yeah, yeah, full circle. So it's kind of a, a funny little tidbit there that he you know he doesn't play that character. You know, he ends up you know going out and doing so many, many other things and but He still gets the role just, you know, years and years later. But, you know, with time travel, because, you know, the whole thing's about time travel, it's just Mm -hmm. kind of funny.
1: Yeah, that, um, the kid that ended up being in T2, I think he kind of had a a rough time after, not sure it was right after that movie, but at some point I think he got in some different kind of trouble and don't see a lot of him anymore. Let me bring up that cast list. And I'm also thinking of his, like, red-haired friend. On Terminator Two, that I think was in that show, um, like Salute Your Shorts on Nickelodeon. Let me maybe see
0: a, I mean the '90s point. were was a wild time.
1: <laughs> yeah, child actors. If I can I mean, point.
0: I don't think any of them went, went quite as crazy as Macaulay. So
1: hmm. yeah. Macaulay was a lot more movies, Two
0: thousand. Yeah, well, he he. Get Home Alone and then he had The Good Son and or was it Bad Son? And the good My son. Girl
1: Yep Danny Cooksey is that who I'm thinking of? Huh he looks really young Anyways that's I'm getting not way off track with trying to track down those actors Alright well how about the you want to get into the movie club pick? Alright let's go all right, so we tonight, um, Joey picked um, In the Mouth of Madness off my uh, list, and that's a uh, 1994 American horror film directed and scored by John Carpenter. Uh, the synopsis from IMDb, an insurance investor begins discovering that the impact a horror writer's books have on fans is more than inspirational. Okay. All right, and uh, just to give you a little background on how I picked this movie, Joey. Um, so, when I was kind of scanning uh, YouTube channels uh, back a couple years ago, I ran into this guy's channel called uh, Oliver Harper. Definitely recommend you checking him out. He has a lot of like action um, movie reviews, but the interesting thing is he's like he's really like in, he loves to edit. So he like he edits his own like trailers of like classic movies, and so he begins each review with his own take on a trailer. And then he talks about like the background of the movie. And then he talks about like the media. Like he'll go a lot into like the, the soundtrack and the video game associated with the, um, that movie. Um, and then talked about the movie itself. So he has kind of an interesting uh, way he does things. But I had never heard of In the Mouth of Madness until um, he brought it up. And um, so that's how it came across my mind. And I definitely wanted to um, eventually check it out and just kept putting it off. And then put it on the, the movie club list. So I would have to watch it at some point. And so now we're here. So, uh, Joey, what were your uh, initial thoughts on this one?
0: Oh, man. This. Man, this movie. All right. So Sam Neill. Sam was great, as always. Um,
1: Just a year after Jurassic Park, right?
0: Yes. He was great, as always. Um, Charlton Heston, his very small portion, <laughs> yeah. it was great. I feel like they kind of wasted Charlton Heston.
1: He didn't have a lot to do as the the
0: book, um, the 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 head CEO the, the,
1: or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but this movie could have went to so many great places. Instead, it went to the bargain bin of a Barnes and Noble. Hmm. Yeah. Um. It 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 was oh. Um. So. Like I get I get what Mr. Carpenter was trying to do, but I don't know if there somehow there wasn't a budget for this movie or what because like outside of Mr. Neal. I didn't. I didn't think the actors were very good. Um, his <laughs> plot was it's
1: a lot of interesting cameos in this one. Were real.
0: It was all over the place, and real bad. Hmm. And and a part of my review on Letterboxd said. Overall, it was a clusterfuck of effort proportions where no one knew what in the hell was going on until it was basically over, and by then it was too late. Um,
1: (laughs) It was that messy. I have my own reasons for not enjoying it that much. Oh, you rated
0: it way higher than I did, both it and the cube. Um, But, you know. um, All
1: right. Well, um,. You want me it, to just
0: wasn't, it just wasn't enjoyable to watch. Um, but how about, you the, know, you open, how about that?
1: How about that opening theme song? I
0: mean, the, the the opening theme with the the metal that was that was probably the might have been the best part.
1: <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I was definitely enjoying that part. Um, a fun factoid for you: you know what that song was supposed to be um, until they had to compose, compose their own thing.
0: Um, was it supposed to be *Inner Sandman*? It was yeah because it sounded like that and i was like is this metallica and then it was uh, <laughs> oh wait it's not so yeah, yeah.
1: That's there's actually a, there's a lot actually a lot of uh, youtube videos that have conversations about this movie and there's a ton a ton of factoids so hopefully i don't steal too many and kind of one of the bottom line themes i've gotten from these videos are like people like love john Carpenter and i think they like this movie they like the premise of this movie but they'll admit that there's issues with it and i think so i think there's a lot of in the mouth of madness apologists um when i'm kind of like reading in between the lines um let me go through into some of my thoughts on it and set up some pins and maybe you can knock them down um so when i eventually write my letterbox review it'll probably start something like um, a, dis- a deliciously meta premise squandered by a, hodpo- a hodgepodge of random ineffective scares. Um, so we have Sam Neill and um, who plays John Trent, who is like a savvy insurance fraud invest- investigator. That's a very um, that's a very hip thing to be in a movie, not. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so I guess it, what it. It opens up, and he is getting dragged into this insane asylum. And yeah, he's like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and we're I guess we're mentally like, ooh, how did he get to this point? And so we flash back and see that he is a very cunning fraud investigator, and um, yeah, so he uh, well he gets attacked by this like random guy with an axe who's apparently supposed to be a book agent, a book a book writer's agent, which he's this like big mul- big hulk hulk of a guy. I mean, very believable as an axe-wielding killer, but maybe not an agent. Um, and I remember that sets the course to where he ends up at the company, and so he he learns that this um, what is the name of the writer? It's something Kane, right? Sutter Kane.
0: Sutter Kane.
1: Yeah. And so they let him know that he's gone missing, and so like I guess to do some he he does his whole investigator thing and reads all the books. And I thought one of the most confusing parts of the movie is like how he, what does not he like, rip up the covers of the books randomly and like somehow forms the state of Delaware and says, he is at he is in this location in Delaware. I'm like, so how, how exactly did that come together? I'm not sure if that made sense. Maybe it does, there, but there was something that he saw because he was like
0: he kept having this flashback or something where he was walking down the alley mm-hmm. where he saw the cop beating up the guy and there was mm-hmm. posters and there was something on each one of those posters and he, I guess he saw it on the cover of the book or something. Mm -hmm. There was something like that was supposed to be what set that up, but it didn't make really any sense.
1: And so, yeah, he decides, um, I think the name of the town's like Hobbs end, which I guess is supposed to be like fictional based on the works of this author. And so him and the book editor, gets sent to go find him. And so now they're off on their little adventure and um, it gets real, real dark on this highway and then all of a sudden it's daylight and they're in this mysterious town that's very empty. And yeah, this is where the, the, the so-called scares <laughs> start to creep in. Um, let's see here. Um, are you familiar with HP Lovecraft at all? Um,
0: I mean... I, I know very, I mean, I'm familiar with who he is and I mean, I understand, you know, he, he's a guy with the flying spaghetti monster and, mm-hmm. you know, you know Cthulhu, okay. all that stuff, but I don't know like anything about him or anything.
1: Yeah, I think people that are, like, fans of H.P. Lovecraft are a little bit more into this movie because I think, like, the story structure is a little bit kind of in his groove and I think the monsters are kind of in his groove. Um, And a lot of people say this is, like, the closest thing they have to, like, a faithful H.P. Lovecraft-type story. Um, So, yeah, there's kind of a missing piece there since I'm not really... I've never read his work, so I wouldn't really know. But, um, you know, it's just one of the things I heard um, about why people appreciate this like they do um yeah i was seeing that um like i read of uh, like roger ebert's review and it was just
0: kind of a okay. straightforward review but a lot of the comments were oh well clearly he doesn't know anything about lovecraft or else he would have rated this movie much better and you know other people were like yeah he's a film critic not a you know occultist." cultist blah 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 and so it was just back and forth and i, I was like looking i trying to look up stuff on like rotten tomatoes and it was just Oh, HP Lovecraft and HP Lovecraft and I was so yeah, like. Uh,
1: hmm. yeah. And then um yeah, I was I was hearing some people talk about the fact that um they do mention Stephen King and I guess based on like the look of like Sutter Kane's novels, I guess it's supposed to be implied that yeah, this is meant to be kind of like a spin-off of like a Stephen King type of author. So, I mean, they um, even
0: even mentioned that he like outsells Stephen King. They're like Stephen King ain't got shit on this guy. Like blows Mm -hmm. him out or blah blah blah
1: (laughs) and then they mention like his weak-minded uh readers are like lured into thinking that his writing is actually coming true which i don't know i felt that was kind of a throwaway um line um i mean we'll get into kind of the what kind of what the the gimmick of the story is uh coming up here pretty soon um Yep, so they end up in Hobbs End and like I had mentioned there's like a bunch of scares. Um did were there actually before we go into like maybe some bashing of what didn't work, um are there any scares you actually did like? Any scares? Um
0: uh-huh. Honestly not that I remember. The only thing I I remember the scene where they get to the church which also the church Everything it's very, very Russian-looking. <laughs> church. This church is super nice and new-looking. Uh-huh. But then this guy comes around the corner, and then like 75 Dobermans come around the corner. It's like three, and then three, and then three. And every time you think there's no more Dobermans, there's more Dobermans. And I was like, this is the most ludicrous thing. Or maybe it's Ross. I think it was Diverman's. Yeah, I think it was Diverman's. And there's just three dogs, and then three dogs and, three dogs, and three dogs, and three dogs, and three dogs, and three dogs. And it was like, Jesus Christ, where did they get all these dogs from?
1: Huh. Uh, I thought some some of the uh, scares I did think were effective were he keeps looking into that one uh, painting, and it keeps, like, shifting, like, uh, what's in the painting. I thought that was pretty neat. And then there's a scene where there's these, like, tentacle-looking things that are, like like, kind of, like wiggling around up underneath a door and that reminded me a little bit of what he did in the thing and so i kind of appreciated that but in terms of scares i thought that was probably some of the most interesting stuff um you want to go first with some this some scares that didn't work like honestly besides the dog i don't even i
0: i, I thought the lion or he said something about i've got my, like, one of the most memorable things what even scares where he's got more readers than Jesus or something. Hmm. Like, but I don't even really remember there being scares. Like, I was so bored and out of this movie huh. by the time we got to the part where there was supposed to be scares. Um,
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, So no, I... So, kind
0: of... hmm Yeah, it was... I like I said I just, yeah.
1: <sighs> <laughs> kind of my takeaway was um I guess they were kind of like doing in a homage to like pulp horror um novels. So you see like these huge monsters at one point I think in the church they're kind of like shrouded in darkness like I've heard a lot of people be like oh these are such cool designs but you barely see them um you have like the scary like villagers that like show up and are doing all this crazy stuff. Um and a lot of this it it just seemed like random like elements of other novels like all like all of a sudden inserted in. And the reason I didn't find them very scary or interesting is the fact that there was like nothing behind them. He would just like come across and all of a sudden he would see all these like kids in a field and you're like, "Oh, there's the children of the corn." why are they there? why is this scary? Well, I don't know. We're going to move on and show you something else now. Um I thought the crosses all over the place that that was actually one of the big things that like got me interested in seeing this in the first place is some of the um the covers of this movie show like Sam Neill with all the crosses on his face. It's a cool visual, but number one, he was given one crown to do all those crosses. Which, I mean, I don't typically complain about plot holes, but come on, one crown to do all that. Plus, like, there's no context behind it. I guess, like, they're saying, like, oh, the world's coming to an end, but so why is he drawing crosses everywhere? It just seems like this, like, really cool visual that really serves no purpose. Um, The axe attacks, I mean, that's pretty uh, typical slasher stuff. Um, The innkeeper acting kind of squirrely, that was okay, but then she turns into this big monster that has, like, is stepping on her, like, naked husband, which was all super random. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I mean, there's, like, interesting stuff to look yeah, at. Yeah, she had, like,
0: chains, like, hands up to her foot. Yeah,
1: for some reason. I remember that,
0: because, yeah, because it, it was Happy Gilmore's grandmother.
1: Yeah, it certainly was. <laughs> was the uh, I think she was also um the grandmother from Blue Velvet. Uh, one of our uh, past to watches that you also did not enjoy. <laughs> hey, um, so, yeah, so you have all these, like, pulp um, horror. Um, the, mm-hmm. the movie just – and it also just
0: it, – it just kept going back. It would show you one thing, and then, like, it would show the same thing, like, over and over, like, really quickly. Uh-huh. And it was just really – I don't want to say disorienting, but it was just – it seemed pointless that it was showing the same thing. Like it wouldn't show the same thing from like some movies will show you something and it'll show you the same thing from another angle and another angle. So you see Mm -hmm. different perspectives and this would show you like literally the same thing. And it was just very, it's kind of like, what the hell? Why? I also asked myself the whole, the the whole movie, like why?
1: (laughs) Um, so yeah, after not really being impressed with like the scares that they were like throwing at us, um, I I think the movie really kind of lost me whenever we we get like this scene of him like like driving and ending up back in the town like at least 3 times. I was just like, oh, come on, get on with it. This is this is getting kind of obnoxious. I was not into that at all. Um with his grand trying to escape from Hobbs Inn. Um then he goes and talks to the author who's played by let me look up that real quick. That is um Oh, of course, I <laughs> Huron butch now, <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty good actor, I mean, he kind of definitely sells it as um this kind of like creepy guy, but i I thought it was I was thought it was pretty interesting when he finally ran into the the Sutter um Kane author guy in like the church, and he's like kind of given his like grand like spiel of what's going on and i don't know i saw some things about you know a lot of people have trouble understanding what's going on in this movie but i thought it was fairly straightforward with how um trent is you know he's the main character in this new novel and it's it's come to life around him um yeah i didn't think that was i mean i was kind of getting annoyed that he wasn't figuring it out for himself faster as he uh, tried to escape this town over and over and over again to no avail um so did you notice uh, any cameos in here
0: I'll be one hundred percent honest with you, no. I I the only people that I think I knew was Happy Gilmore's mother, Charles Peston and Samuel. I one thousand percent was so out of this movie. And then we got a time when I got to the end and thought the end was all so stupid, was just glad this movie was over
1: oh come on that was a decent ending uh, you might remember that a young Hayden Christensen um, as soon as he escapes the town shows up on a bicycle Darth Vader himself is there
0: um, well we saw that in the credits I did not notice it with him while watching we did notice that in the credits yes
1: Okay. and then of course we
0: joked that, that was why the movie was so bad <laughs>
1: Uh, then you have uh, Wilhelm von Homburg, who is uh, Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters 2, who is one of the, the angry villagers that uh, he actually has a few lines with um, Sam Neill at one point, and he stands out like a sore thumb, but it's very interesting to see because he's Vigo. Okay. <laughs> You're not a Ghostbusters 2 fan?
0: Uh, I have seen, it's been a long time. It's
1: not been that long since I've watched
0: Ghostbusters, but it has been a long time since I've seen Ghostbusters.
1: Okay. Like a long time. And then I'd actually, um, the movie theater scene at the end, which I think is pretty fun. Um, that actually got spoiled for me. So I was anticipating that, um. But yeah, it's cool. He's like... I mean, they really tease it up. I mean, there's a line like leading up to it. It's like, oh, the movie's coming out soon. And then, sure enough, he goes crazy. And then he goes to see the movie. And it's him in the movie watching the movie. And so it's a movie and a movie and a movie. So I thought that was a pretty cool visual. Um, it's Bad
0: Inception. It's a nightmare Bad Inception. He's watching the same movie we just watched, that poor man... <laughs>
1: Is not that bad. All right, so um, yeah, I would say if you're a John Carpenter fan, um, this is definitely worth watching. Although it's one of his lesser ones, just because I don't think the scare. I mean, it's, I th- I, lo- I love the idea. I just I thought the scares really fell flat because they had really no context other than being like homages to pulp horror. Which I guess if you're really into horror novels, maybe this one will speak to you. Um, I only gave it a two and a half stars, so less than okay for me. I'm total rubbish for you. <laughs> if you,
0: if you like John Carpenter, stay away from this dumpster fire. I gave it one and a half stars and that might've been
1: generous. I, don't know, I heard, I've, I think I've heard ghost of Mars is worse. Never seen it.
0: I've heard, but I've never seen that. So just <laughs> stick to, you know, escape from New York and the thing. And you'll be a okay.
1: That's <laughs> a funny John Carpenter story. Is my, my first John Carpenter movie is probably Big Big Trouble in Little China, but um, I do oh, remember to stick to
0: that one too. You to see I, your brain.
1: I remember watching um, Escape from L.A. when it first came out on home video and having a good time with it. And everyone's like, "Oh, but Escape from New York is so great." And so I checked that out, and it seemed really dated to me. So I need to probably revisit that one, see if on um, that one is uh, from um, a, re- a more refined palette. hmm And of course, the thing is obviously dated, his best one, and awful. then um, you know obviously Halloween, and you gotta love his um his his soundtracks. So. All right, so hopefully you'll have more fun talking about the next one I hope, even though I don't think you liked it either (laughs) Joey, do you want want to tee up our uh, challenge movie for this week?
0: Alright, so Justin challenged me to watch The Cube Uh, Cube is 97 Canadian independent fiction written and co-written by Vincenzo Natale a product of the Canadian Film Center's first feature project um, Nicole Boer, Nikki Gatengio, G- David Hewlett, Andrew Miller, Julian Richlings, Wayne Robinson, and Maurice Dean Wentz star as individuals trapped in the titular cube as a cross-industrialized cube-shaped rooms, some rigged with various traps designed to kill. Um cube has gained notoriety and a cult following for its surreal atmosphere and kefet. Uh, uh, I cannot pronounce that. Um, Kep- yeah. Kep- Kepesky? Yeah. Oh, are
1: you talking about um, uh,
0: setting and concept? K- of...
1: It- you're talking about uh, the, the the philosopher. Um, uh, Niet- is that Nietzsche? Or is that what you're talking about? Um, or Kafka? A-A-F-A Kafkaesque. That's what you're talking about.
0: Kafkaesque. There we go. Yeah, Kafka-esque setting and concept of industrial huge shaped The film received generally positive reviews and was followed by two sequels. A remake currently on hold is in development at Lionsgate. So, this movie, I will have slightly more positive things to say about. Um, But overall, um, it's I Also, did not enjoy this movie, but this this oh. movie looked like it was a straight to sci-fi movie. <laughs> I mean, it did, brother. Um,
1: straight to what now, but
0: Nicole War was great. Um, straight to sci-fi.
1: Oh, you mean straight it to like video. It was made
0: for sci-fi? Oh, oh, yeah, oh like as, as in the, as in the,
1: sci-fi, as in the cable channel. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: it's also a genre, Joey. Um, but Nicole <laughs> DeVere,
0: she was great as fake. Yes, but sci-fi is a channel. Sorry, straight for the sci-fi channel. I apologize. Oh. That is my mistake. Okay. But again, Nicole Bear was great as fake in Emma Stone. Um,
1: before Emma Stone. So there's
0: that. Um, <laughs> I did like the premise. Yeah, she was well before Emma Stone. Um, but I had to go and look that up because I was like, Emma Stone's way too young to be in this movie. Like, way too yeah, okay, that is correct. Um, I like the premise of what it was trying to do. Um, I like the concept and you know all of that. Hey, these people are trapped in here; they have to get out. Um, the, the rooms are trapped, and you know how they had to try to figure that out, and and how it was. Oh, we think it's this, and oh, we think it's this, and how it looked like we we're going to do this. Person had this role. This person has this role. This person has this role, except for. They never explained how we got this person with this role, this person, this person. Why these people with these roles? No, they just left all of that. When they explained how the cube came to be, it just—it was real thin. Just skipped over it, and I felt like that would have been super interesting as to why they were there. And they just left all of that, and they were like,
1: "Because it doesn't matter. It does that. None of that matters." does matter no it doesn't does
0: matter (laughs) when when you have
1: explain to me what's going on go ahead sorry
0: (laughs) you have a movie with that shitty of a fucking indie you need to give
1: me some reason to care about them um they're dying in a cube that's not enough
0: Yeah, they did die. And almost
1: all the characters were
0: horrible. All the characters were
1: horrible.
0: (laughs) And you you take... And you kill the good ones. And you give me, at the very end... Nothing's been supernatural in this movie. And then the one bad guy, he's been... His throat has been slammed... In a cube, he's trucking, His neck has been crushed. So his trachea, yeah, he's dead. No, he's dead. Okay, he's fallen. We've seen his head. We've seen the blood. Now his trachea is crushed and his brain is leaking out of his head. He's dead. But of course, knew it was coming. Knew he was gonna come back. And then he kills the good characters and Rain Man leaves.
1: Um, I guess that would be like what? Well, what's Horrible. the quote? Uh, what is the uh, the trope there? The um, the re- the reemergence of the bad guy. Um, yeah. Okay. By,
0: by, by the way, this is why for the longest time I said I hated horror movies, and that's why my favorite horror movie is fucking Scream.
1: <laughs>
0: this movie was which, bad.
1: Which is also meta. Uh, no, there's parts of this movie this that are bad. I would oh, say no. this
0: that, that movie is meta stream is a good meta movie,
1: mouth of madness <laughs> is a bad meta movie. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah. I have a, I have a so lot I'll of let you n- talk now. I have a lot of nostalgia for this um first off. So that's definitely part of like what anchors me into enjoying this. Um uh my uncle that um uh, I've always like kind of admired how he talks about movies, and he's recommended like a buttload of movies to me back in the past. Like this was one of the ones he recommended. He's like, "Oh, you, you got to see the opening of this movie. It's like fantastic with the um with the guy getting cubed. I mean, that that the opening is an effective scene, right? Oh yeah, that
0: was, the, the, the yeah that was pretty cool. I won't lie, to the dude I mean, he gets cubed out. Um, pretty cheesy special. I effect, wonder but... if Resident, I wonder if Resident Evil. Stole uh-huh.
1: from this. Yeah, because there's the laser thing in Resident Evil, right? So, yeah, um.
0: that cube's a person.
1: Yeah, the same summer he recommended this, Evil Dead 2, which I absolutely love and I think you don't like. Um, he also introduced me to laser discs, and we watched a few laser discs, um, including, uh, The Abyss and, uh, Big Trouble in Little China and The Predator, I believe. So, yeah, um, so I, this is a, um, my uncle that I really admire, and um, he got me into movies, and he's uh, probably one of the main reasons I love talking about movies the way I do. So he recommended this to me, so that's part of the right. reason what makes it um, special. So this was kind of one of the like the uh, cult horror movie, one of my f- my first favorite cult horror movies that I always kind of had in my back pocket, and I would show people from time to time. I had a really int- um, I introduced it to a few people in college, and um, one in particular, um, I watched it with uh, kind of this muscly jo- uh, jock guy. And he actually was like, into, Like, I was surprised to see that he was like rooting for Quentin, like the entire movie, like even after he goes like, apeshit. Um, so I, f- I find that it's interesting when certain people connect with different characters that you don't necessarily expect. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, all right. So I would say this movie is a fantastic but flawed existential horror Um, I mean, I'll be the first to admit the acting in this is terrible and there's some really, really cheap special effects, but it's also, it's a great example of how you can make a really cool concept movie for really cheap because what they only had like two cubes and they just had to light them different colors in order for this to work. And so they were just going back and forth between two cubes. Um, I think the cinematography is really effective. I mean, it kind of, it's pretty off putting that you start off with like the eye really close up. And it's kind of disorienting and um i mean for being a movie shot in cubes i mean the camera moves and i i never felt like i think the the visuals in this movie are very dynamic and always like interesting to look at despite being in a cube (laughs) so um that's to kind of hype it up a little bit um so i really enjoy the mystery of like how they get through it like i find like the whole like the girls like discovers that like prime numbers are like a part of it and so that's like this big revelation. Um, The music throughout, um, it definitely sets a good um, like, eerie tone, but at the same time it's pretty cheesy because it's it's a little over the top and kind of cheap sounding but um, still effective in its own right I think. Um, Let's see, so let's uh, get into the characters some. So we have, oh did you notice um, any little coincidence? Like did you look at the character names at all? Or do you remember them? You there, have, was Clinton, there was Quentin,
0: uh, there was Levin, which is Levin. So you have like Levin without a G.
1: Levin Worth Prison, Sam Quentin Prison. So there's like, there there's, there's some of their names have like tie-ins with prisons, so there's that little, little factoid that, that, that's a little fun. I don't know. Take it or leave it. Um... Let's see here. Okay, I think my favorite character was probably um, Levin. I I enjoy how she, like, you watch her think through, like, how to get through this maze, and she figures out the whole numbers thing. And um, I think she's probably one of the most likable characters of all um, throughout it. Holloway, uh, she's the older uh, lady, she's a doctor. Um, It's kind of set up that she's kind of a bleeding heart liberal. And so she gets into it with Quentin quite a bit because Quentin's kind of set up as more of this conservative fella, Um, and like Holloway's like compassion really comes out when they run into the mentally handicapped guy Um, because everybody thinks he's just a total hindrance. But she's you know like you know trying to support him and um, you know saying you know he matters too. And so I really enjoy the aspect that like all these characters are kind of like this microcosm of society, like all thrown in the cube. And as, like, the days draw on and they get hungrier and thirstier, like, they start to really, like, fall apart. Um, I, I, I've always really enjoyed the whole, like, sucking on a button thing to keep the, um, the saliva flowing. I've always remembered that for some reason. <laughs> so every time I ever have um, gotten, like, in a situation where I was, like, really thirsty, I would, like, I don't think I necessarily had a button to suck on. But, like, I've gotten the under, I've gotten the, that premise. So that's, that's kind of stuck with me. Um, and then you have. Um, do you recall what uh, Worth's um, favorite possession was?
0: Worth, was that. um...
1: That was the cynical guy?
0: That was the guy who designed the cube? Yeah, Those he designed the cube, right?
1: Yeah, he designed the external. He designed the shell. The cube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what he, he talks favorite about possession his. Was? Uh, yeah, his uh, significant uh, porn collection.
0: <laughs> yeah, porn collection. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Um,
0: and then, uh, and then Holloway said that was like really sad or something.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I think she does like a little jerk off notion to him. Um, and you also get she also gives Quentin a hard time in the, fa- the fact that he has three boys. Like that's his fault. Just as it's not my fault that I have three boys. <laughs> my poor wife. Anyways. I digress. Um. Um.
0: Oh yeah, no, Quentin. You want to talk about like a character like made for people to hate? That is a man made for you to hate as it continues on. to at first, he's he's alpha. He's taking control. He's leading the charge, and then it's uh-huh. he just goes off the deep
1: end. Cool. yeah. I kind of forgot that he was set up as like the main character because he's like kind of the first one that we see that we start following, and you know he definitely has like the leadership role um but yeah he totally becomes Ren, a hinge the, the
0: first
1: right like um, the first
0: five minutes is Ryan,
1: and then i think we follow quentin and quentin runs into rin um and then yeah rin's like oh you know i'm so smart i've well, yeah, but, escaped all these prisons, and then poof there he goes did you have a favorite trap um
0: I did like the the one trap where they're like, "Oh, this room, this room's prime; it's safe," and they jump in, and it's like the, the spiral. I think it's the spiral lasers.
1: Oh, um, I think they're like kind of like, cool. I think they're metal like threads, so like they cut through people, kind of thing. And I think there was a laser yeah, one.
0: Yeah. That that was pretty cool.
1: And then the acid. Then in the face is the laser cool. cubes.
0: You got the acid, which. Is, yeah, was some really strong acid because I ate through his like, entire face and half his skull in like five seconds <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um, I mean there was there were there were lots of, there were good things like I said like you are talking about like the premise and you know how it was a microcosm of society um, before I went off on my, my tangent of all the things that I kind um, disliked uh-huh. there were there were good things in this movie there were just so many other things I just disliked that it just kind of overshadowed it. -hmm. So, fortunately.
1: And so with Worth, like, even though he's like kind of this cynical, miserable guy that's talking about how awful and boring his life is the whole time, I I still find him, I still found him pretty um, interesting. I guess, I like his little speech on philosophy that he um, recites at one point where he's going going on about how like there's no like master plan this whole thing was just like a bunch of guys that got some designs and worked individually on it for a paycheck and that was all that was to them it didn't matter and so like that's kind of like saying you know you don't really matter in life um so like i i thought it was interesting to hear those kind of things um now it's an interesting conversation i think is that this movie's talking about a lot of existential concepts but it doesn't really back it up with like good acting. So is it trying to be better than it is? Is it pretentious? And oh, I don't think so. I I really enjoy what it kind of has to say in terms of these things. I like to think about those kind of concepts, and um, it just does not back it up with with the performances at all. Unfortunately, it really that that would have been a having a decent cast in this movie could have really taken another way but at the same time like you have these no-name actors and maybe a part of that makes it more believable because you don't you don't know who these people are you're kind of you're you're kind of discovering them unwind for you know before our eyes and joey's like no they were all awful i hated them
0: No, I mean, some of them, I mean, they were fine. Like, I mean, the, the dude playing Quentin, I mean, he may be fucking hating. So, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's good on him. Like, Yeah. so, I mean, like a lot of my issue is, is so, and, and maybe it's just more of kind of, I guess, how they do a lot of movies now where, you know, all right, so they tell us that Levin is a student and then all of a sudden it's not just she's a student, she's a math genius. Mm-hmm um you know, because she's doing all this math stuff in her head, but there's never there's never any explanation there's never any flashback or cutscene scene to her doing any schoolwork or any, any development yeah. of it she's just a student
1: yeah i mean and she... then
0: there's never you never you never see, see worth working and designing the cube you never see anybody in the opening scene or anything they just are in the cube you never see anything of the pieces being individually put together you never it's just never in any flushing out and building it's just there and when they it, it was just It would have helped just to have a little bit more just but, just a little bit
1: but don't you think that being trapped in the cube the entire time and not seeing outside really kind of adds to the mystery of, you know, what is on the outside to begin with? Because we have no idea. I mean, this could be, like, way far in the future. This could be present present day. We have no idea. It, it only adds to the mystery, and we're only left with what these people say they are. So, um, um, I'm not... I mean, I don't...
0: Um i mean i don't know about you but like i'm they're put into that that cube the way they're talking the way they're acting and i'm not given anything Ruby said in 1997 it was released in 1997 i assume it's 1997 because they don't give me a year
1: yeah but it's pretty futuristic technology so I mean, um i mean I, I i didn't really think too hard I mean, about plus, that i'm just kind of defending defending its style in terms of feeling giving you that claustrophobic feeling throughout and not giving you that escape that you're wanting.
0: I mean it's still I mean it's still it still feels claustrophobic. It's just that like flush the characters out a little bit or you know, take fifteen seconds for her to go yeah, I I, I I'm a student. I go to X I major in Y subject and boom, okay, she's a math major. Not just, oh, I'm a I'm a student. Oh, you're the student. This is your role. Like, but I'm a student to be I study frickin' movies. I'm freaking Dawson and I want to fucking suck off freaking all the directors, like Spielberg specifically in that reference, but like not I, I can do all this math in my head.
1: he <laughs> like, lost me. You know, like. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that kind of... Oh man. Oh. Um, Dawson from
0: Dawson's Creek, who was obsessed with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> okay. Another '90s reference. Yes.
1: Um, some not so good parts. Um, the real the shaky camera whenever the cube moves. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awful looking. Um, and I think I noted I had, I had mentioned before that that opening, like when the after the body gets cubed and still, all the gore is like falling apart, yeah, that's pretty cheesy. Um, and yeah, the, some of the traps are no, the, the CGI in them was definitely noticeable. So those are a few drawbacks. But I mean, other than that and the bad acting, I think it's really solid. But that acting really detracts from it. I mean, my, my thing
0: with the CGI is now, especially you know. The- 20 something year old cgi of course we're going to notice it with the cgi we have now i mean i have people now and we have top it's good cgi but they know it's cgi because so they're like this is bad cgi and i'm like no that's your brain telling you that it's not, not real because we can pick it out
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's there's, a good cgi so it's mean, cgi there's, from 97 of course
1: there's some old i mean there's some old cgi that's not as noticeable that um uh, that's generally when I call it effective. It's it's oh, just yeah, when it stands out like a sore thumb and well, is distracting. like I I won't I won't go as far as saying like oh it looked like crap because I'm not a I'm not a computer graphics engineer I I have no idea what it takes to make that I have no right to call that a crap product but I'll say that I it's noticeable and it's distracting maybe I'll say it's bad but um, anyways Oakley doke um yeah I'd love to give this movie four stars but I'm but it's 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 definitely has its flaws for me, and it's only three and a half. Um, and you, just, what'd you give it?
0: I gave it. I gave it Dos stars. stars. <laughs> um, yeah, I do like. Ducks.
1: I do like how Kazan K- Kazan is the the innocent, the pure one, and he disappears off into the the pure white eeriness of nothing at the end. I, I enjoy that ending. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think maybe part of it was because, you know, he showed up. You know, you had the group for a while. He shows up part of the way. He didn't end up being important. He did something, you know, and and showed up being important. But, you know, the actual characters that mattered, they all died to the jackass. And and then Mm -hmm. Levin and Worth, so Levin Worth, ha ha ha, um, Mm -hmm. died a stupid death to a character who wasn't supernatural so even even the return of the, the villain he would have been dead and that bothers me in movies if they're supernatural it's fine if it's freddy or it's jason and cool they you have to drop a nuke on them, whatever this guy was a man he was dead and i still <laughs> knew it was going to happen and it bothered me whatever so i didn't like the ending and that if the ending would have been slightly different, I might have given it two and a half, or maybe three. Maybe not three, maybe two and a half. But the ending really bothered me. Uh, so, um
1: I don't know. I, I kind of found find that as kind of a, it was kind of a, a gut punch to see them getting take out taken out these these people that uh, at least I I grew to care about, and then all of a sudden see them taken away. So um, I thought that kind of made me care about it more, to be honest.
0: Also, the fact that he stabbed Levin and she died instantly, and he stabs Worth, and then he's still crawling around. And it's like, I get it. He's a bigger dude, but we literally stabbed them both through the midsection, and one of them's dead, and the other one has enough to hold him and keep him. And it's like, I But, Joey, if he didn't to, come back to life.
1: We wouldn't have gotten that awesome part where he gets smeared across the wall.
0: But it's fine that one, why not both? Like this, just give me a little bit of continuity. Just a little <laughs> bit. Doesn't require much, just a little bit.
1: And if they would have just stayed in the same room the whole time, they would have been just fine. <laughs> All right. right. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for checking it out and giving me your thoughts on it. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting episode with me liking and defending and you uh, not being so pleased.
0: So, our, our normal podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I guess for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I actually came... I was thinking the other day, I was like, maybe for like a season finale we should be like the top five things we uh we learned about each other while doing this first season and roast each other a little bit so um you can let me that might know if, be
0: pretty interesting
1: this is what we come up with. yeah recall back in our memory bank some of these uh proclamations we have both have made and uh pick on each other because you know i guess that's what makes it fun mm-hmm. and interesting it's so weird it feels like this has been like a normal length episode but it's only been like an hour and ten minutes so far. It's pretty crazy.
0: It makes oh, a big wow. difference when yeah. you don't
1: talk about a bunch of other shit,
0: right? All right.
1: What are you gonna challenge right, me with for next gonna,
0: time? Gonna... All right. So we're gonna do that before we talk about the Halloween special.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 wrap up with the we'll 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 tease okay so the the episode that we are uh, gearing up for now um, programming essentially we would say is um, is for going to be the first few weeks of November this will be out so the show at the end of the month is going to be our Halloween special which we'll get back into in just a moment but let's first get ready for the next uh, regular episode of the Average, Average Joe's Movie Club cast
0: alright so before I I I give you this. So I had to kind of like, I kind of had to audible this a little bit and then it couldn't work out any better. Um, I came up with this two nights ago and I picked the quote last night. And then when we were coming, did a a fan question and I remembered a fan question that we had, it worked out even better. So we go back to the beginning because we know how I like to make everything connect to one another My quote was from Danny Vineyard from American History X, which is played by Edward Furlong. So Edward Furlong's other big movie role is Um, Terminator 2.
1: Oh, we're going to watch Terminator 2. So that is my challenge movie to you. Oh, nice. Terminator 2. Nice. Nice. I watched this the very beginning of the year but it was in a really weird time where I was watching a lot of movies so I never actually reviewed it so yeah um, it's always a good time to get back to Terminator 2 so that is uh, completely completely fine and, and okay and, and I time. I don't know the last time that I saw Terminator 2
0: mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like there's another one of these 90 movies that I know I've seen a bunch just kind of like where I watch Scream yesterday i'd see me a bunch and there was so much stuff that i missed because i was a child okay. that i'm just ready to watch it now and be blown away by it and yeah plus action movie and go, go.
1: there's lots of different cuts of it so i'll be um that's a whole nother thing i at one point i um me and my dad bought this one Blu-ray where you need to like figure out a secret code online to plug into the Blu-ray to watch the extended cut of it. So that was kind of strange. Um, yeah, Terminator two, that should be uh, that is I mean, weird. fantastic movie conversation and our main movie for next time. So we're, we're dwindling down to the final few. And so, as you know, um, two of your picks are ones that I've seen, um, couple times in the last couple years and i really love and one is one i saw um last year and i thought it was just it was just okay so instead of picking those for now i'm going to divert and go to one i haven't seen in over a decade when i saw in the movie theater um and that would be munich so uh, munich will be our feature uh Movie for next time around from steven spielberg i recall i think this has to do with terrorism during um the olympics um and yeah we'll uh, talk all about um one of steven spielberg's more serious movies uh not directly related to the holocaust so there we go um yeah so uh, do you want to tee up uh right. well i guess i'll let you uh introduce what will be uh the main uh, movie feature for um, our Halloween special coming up sometime around Halloween.
0: All right. So we decided we were going to do another special episode of the Average shows movie club cast. Um, I think with the way that we record and um, edit and everything that hopefully it will drop on Halloween day, but don't hold us to that, but hopefully. And, um, we're going to watch the OG, except no imitation Halloween. Um, so I think by John
1: Carpenter, but you don't like John Carpenter. John, you don't like John Carpenter, Joey?
0: No, I do like John Carpenter. I don't uh, like that trash that we watched for <laughs> this one. because um, yeah. I like um. Uh, the other John Carpenter movies we talked about in this this podcast (laughs) but um, we're going to watch that one Um, if I've seen the original it's been so long that I don't remember it I saw the 2018 sequel that was really good I saw the Rob Zombie remake which was also really good and when I was younger I definitely saw H2O and I saw Resurrection but I don't really remember them so I'm looking forward to that, and I believe that the other big thing we're gonna do is we're gonna t- count down and talk about all the other movies, that horror movies we've watched this month, which is yep. basically kind of do a good, the bad, and the ugly of all of the horror movies.
1: Yep. Um, we start with the, the other total we trash, kind of and call it like, yeah, the very best.
0: Yeah, and you've jumped ahead of me, so you, you've gotten ahead of me, um, but I've spent a lot of time trying to work on this video, um, which hopefully I'll have out soon. Um, so hopefully we'll be yeah, at kind of an evenish number together. Um,
1: What's the next horror and, movie you got on your list to watch? I mean, we're kind
0: of close to it. Um, I was gonna. I've I've got a couple of them are on the neuron criterion that I'm hopefully going to try to watch soon. Maybe I'll try to get one in tomorrow night. Just really all depends on. What my roommate's doing. Because all the ones that I have left on my list, like on my main list, are ones he also wants to watch. And since he, he owns some of the movies, kind of in poor haste to watch movies that he owns without him that he's not seen. Um, so but Phantom Carriage, uh, The Lure, um, Vampire. Um, there's one I am admitting I cannot remember. Uh, non. Uh oh Rosemary's Baby. It's um yeah. All of those. American Werewolf in London. Um I think maybe Monday or Tuesday we're gonna go try to see Zombie Land Double Tap. Um so and I wanna see a quiet place and I wanna see the the witch are all ones I've had on my list for a long time. So
1: Okay. I'd be interested to hear what you think of the witch. That's a kind of an artsy but but good one. Um after this episode, hopefully, I'll be awake enough to watch um, all of Cabin in the Woods, and I'm hoping to rewatch the con- uh, not the Conjuring, um, the others with Nicole Kim yep. in this weekend sometime. So that's on my immediate radar. We'll see how those fall. Right on. All right. So thanks so much, everyone, to for um, following our show um we got a few new subscribers on youtube so that's great to see um if you have any questions please let us know um and if you want to join uh, the movie club just hit that subscribe button and what's the best way to get in touch with us joey
0: um the email is at the average shows movie com.
1: at gmail.com right uh, or you can also leave it a... <laughs> where did i say you left out the Gmail part. Yes, it's gmail.com. <laughs> oh.
0: Jesus Christ. Um,
1: Somebody needs a nap. Or maybe just bed one, in general. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh
0: it's at gmail.com. Yes, I have uh um I do need to go to sleep, but I do have to work in the morning. But yes, um the gmail.com people, not just at dot com because that won't get you anywhere. Um, you can also just comment on below at, uh, you know, at the bottom of our videos, um, or, you know, if you know us, you know, you can comment on your you know, Facebooks or anything of that nature, you know, there's, or on our letterboxes, um, cause you know, we're both very, very active on letterboxd. Yeah. Check um, those
1: out. So. Follow us. Don't unfollow us. Cause that's a jerk move.
0: Yeah. Please follow <laughs> us. Um, if you follow us, we will follow you back. Um, and, and follow me. Don't follow Justin. I'm just kidding. But Justin has way more followers than
1: me. <laughs> yeah, so. I suppose if um if someone watch uh, listens to the show all the way to the end, they, they they get the right to hear us cut up a little bit. All right, with that uh, being yeah, said, yeah, a, a little bit less
0: time, so you know, good on
1: them. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not listening for another half hour of you know random movies, which hopefully if you're tuning in, you're into so. All right, that's enough. Have movie watching, everybody. Skull Vikings are actually doing okay.
0: Good night. Have a good one.